Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Two hikers, Mark and Emily, ventured deep into the heart of the forest, seeking the thrill of nature's embrace under the twinkling stars. The night air wrapped around them like a velvet shroud, and the dense foliage whispered secrets in the moonlight. Unbeknownst to them, a malevolent presence lurked in the shadows, stalking its unsuspecting prey. Suddenly, with a bone-chilling snarl, an unknown bipedal predator pounced upon the hikers, its feral eyes glowing with a savage hunger. Teeth and claws tore through the darkness, leaving a trail of blood and terror in its wake. Days later... The park ranger, John, stood at the edge of the remote national park, 
his senses on high alert. Something was amiss. Reports of hikers and campers vanishing without a trace flooded his desk, igniting a sense of urgency within him. He delved deep into the wilderness, his footsteps echoing through the ancient trees. In the depths of the woods he stumbled upon a small, uncharted area, a hidden anomaly absent from any map. Curiosity mingled with trepidation as he stepped forward, his heart pounding in his chest. And there, amidst the shadows, he came face to face with the embodiment of nightmare, a dogman, a menacing fusion of wolf and human. The dogman's sinister gaze locked onto the ranger, its primal instincts honed over years of preying upon the innocent. It revealed its grisly secret, the countless lives it had claimed, the hikers whose echoes remained lost within the vast expanse of the forest. He glanced behind the creature and saw twenty bodies. In a desperate act of defiance, the ranger aimed his weapon, firing a volley of bullets at the unholy creature. But the dogman was no ordinary foe. With lightning speed it struck back, delivering a devastating blow to the ranger's face. Pain engulfed him, darkness seeping into his consciousness as he succumbed to unconsciousness. When he awoke, disoriented and battered, the ranger found himself alone in the eerie stillness of the forest. The dogman had vanished, leaving behind only traces of its malevolence. On June 4, 2001, I stopped at a beach north of Brookings, Oregon for my usual evening walk with my golden retriever. When we crossed the creek near where it empties into the ocean, to get to the north and rugged end of the beach, my dog, who normally runs a block ahead of me, froze. She did not wish to walk anywhere in this area. We turned around and took a walk on the south beach at 7.15 p.m., heading up the path to the parking lot. I happened to glance up at the steep hills on the north. I was stunned to see what appeared to be two very large men, both dressed completely in black. I looked again to determine if they were a threat to me, and saw they were in fact covered in black, and it probably wasn't dark clothing. The figures walked in a hunched-over posture, one right in front of the other, arms swinging like apes and taking very long strides. They seemed to see me and appeared to be coming toward me. I started to run to my Chevy Blazer, part. Way there, I turned to see if I was being pursued, only to make eye contact with large dew, perhaps less than 100 feet away. I did a 14er hike in October. I had a pair of combat boots, but they were summer boots and had very poor traction on ice. I knew this, so I went out and bought some yak tracks for the hike. Absolute shit. They got snow stuck to them, so instead of my boots being rubber on ice, were ice on ice. In the whole hike, I slipped and fell 50 to 100 times. The yacht tracks even began to fall apart a few miles in. By the time I got to around 13,000 feet, I noticed one was gone. That left me high in the snowy mountains with extra slippery boots. With the hardest part over, I made it to the summit. Then I had to descend with slippery boots and what was left of the yacht track on one boot. I had to zigzag down, a steep drop while following some footsteps of previous hikers. 
One slip in the wrong direction, and I wasn't stopping for a long ways. Roller coaster. Appalachian Trail. Nobody else at the shelter. Woke up early in the a.m., watch it died. Used a stick to tell the time, but daylight savings or no, so I knew it was between 7 and 9 a.m. Started hiking out because my daughter was picking me up that day at a predetermined location. I didn't pass or see anyone that whole day. I started thinking I hadn't seen anyone the day prior either, and that didn't seem normal because the roller coaster section had been pretty well traveled. Anywho, my mind started messing with me, and I started to think that an emergency had happened in the world, and I was the only one left. Kept thinking I had to be close to the rendezvous point. Where is it, Map? Gotta be close. Where is it? Then I hear a car horn way up the mountain beak. Three times, so I scramble for my whistle and three short bursts in response. I hear my daughter scream, Mom! And I look up, and she is running down the mountain, screaming, crying. I was late by five or six hours, and she was terrified. I broke down and bought a cell phone after that. This was about six years ago, so held out pretty long in tea, consumer. I think I just way overslept and mind screwed myself. I was glad to have a cell phone on subsequent hikes, even if it didn't work everywhere. Made me feel a bit safer about being a solo female traveler and gave my daughter peace of mind while I was gone. What did I see? A couple of weeks ago, on the western side of Wisconsin, along a gravel road that was lightly wooded, I saw a shaded figure walking nonchalantly across the road into the woods, almost perfectly invisible except for when it passed a tree on the edge of the road. Between the whiteness of the freshly fallen snow and the dark bark of the tree, I would have completely missed it, unfortunately, for whatever it is. The shadow turned darker than the tree bark and was more pronounced against it. I passed by at that point and have been thinking about it ever since. This encounter occurred on my family's property about 20 years ago. It is 15 miles east of Greenwood, Mississippi. During deer bow season, I had a nice food plot set up in the woods about a half mile from the nearest house. These small plots gave the deer something to eat and an easy escape route to the trees. It made them feel comfortable. I had a tree stand set up on the edge of the field. After being in the stand for about 15 minutes, I see what I think is a large Labrador retriever enter the opposite end of my food plot, heading towards me. As it approached, I quickly realized that it wasn't a dog. It was a black panther. The paws were massive, I was amazed, and scared at the same time. I was already in a standing position. It approached my stand, so I drew back when it got close to the base of my tree. When I drew it, looked up at me, but it never stopped moving as it passed my position. I decided not to shoot because I thought that I stood a better chance of getting out of there alive by leaving it be, rather than potentially wounding a deadly predator. I also recall that my grandfather had told my uncles that the big cats were there many years ago. This cat was about seven feet long. That's a body length of approximately five feet. It showed no fear of me and almost acted like it knew me. I'd hunted in those woods since I was a young teen. 
I stayed in the stand until it was dark, and then I got down. I thought that would be best for me to follow the panther's route to ensure that he was gone. So I walked about fifty yards on the trail that I saw him follow. Then, in the glow of my flashlight, I saw green eyes shine, and then his head extended out from behind an oak tree. I stopped and notched an arrow, then stepped backward until I made it up to the open field that was on top of the hill. I put my arrow back in the quiver and ran half a mile to my truck. I took a day off during the week to do some turkey hunting. I got a late start, but I had a good idea where I needed to go for a late morning hunt. I set my turkey decoys up in an opening that had two trails running perpendicular to my position. I sat in the corner and against a large oak tree. I chilled for a few minutes to see if anything would sound off. Tried an owl call. Immediately an owl called back just a short distance in front of me, and then another another to my left. The responding calls were too loud and from two separate animals. This was not an owl. It was something mimicking an owl, and it was something with big lungs. I packed my gear and headed for the truck. This hunt was over. The next winter I took my son and uncle in there for a quick squirrel hunt. My son was little, but I wanted to get him exposed to the woods. We started hearing trees being pushed over in the distance. I asked my uncle what he thought it was. He didn't have a clue. And then we got the hell out of there. Again, this hunt was over too. I did some research after those events, and I learned that others had posted sightings of Bigfoot creatures and similar behavior on the Mississippi Bigfoot page. I live in Connecticut, in the middle of the woods. My dad is not the type to believe in any kind of supernatural phenomenon, and he's a pretty logical person. Some background, a few years ago, a friend of mine who lives nearby saw a crawler in his backyard. It was terrifying for him. He was shaking as he told me about his experience. He's not the type to make up stories, and I could tell he wasn't trying to bull-ass me. My dad and I were discussing creatures in the woods a couple nights ago, raccoons, deer, etc., when I mentioned cryptids, my dad then proceeded to tell me a story of him and his friend spotting one on his friend's security camera. He gave me an exact detailed description of a crawler. Every detail was accurate to both my friend's description from that story years back and from stories I've read online. I explained what crawlers are and told him of my friend's experience. He's been freaked out ever since, understandably so. He hadn't heard of crawlers before I told him, but says that's definitely what he saw. Initially, he thought a friend or the camera company was playing a prank, but whatever he saw was definitely real. He says whenever him or any of his friends are alone at the site, from the site they feel totally unnerved, like they're being watched or stalked. Wanted to post about it. Just need to say, for the record, that I do believe in these things super interesting phenomena, and although I myself am a skeptic, you can't deny that there's something out there. Thanks for reading. I was hiking miles deep into the backcountry valleys in the Society Islands when I came across a cabin that was 90% completed but the tools and generator, and everything was still there. Only everything was covered in vines as if the builder had suddenly stopped for a lunch break and hadn't returned for years. 
Even a small radio with the on switch still on sat on a nightstand with the batteries and metal components rusting out. Next to it was a fantastic antique pocket knife that I decided to keep passing up on the thousands of dollars of tools and other valuables. As I made my way back towards the single track path, I entered a clearing and was immediately circled by two wild dogs. They were greasy, dark black with wild yellow eyes and vicious snarling teeth. I flipped out the knife as they began to lunge toward me, making small doves toward my legs. I swiped at one and aggressively stomped toward the other. This continued for twenty-thirty seconds, but felt like an eternity. Soon they slowly retreated as I became more and more pumped with adrenaline, making actual attempts to stab them by now. I yelled as loud as I could and stomped even more, and they finally retreated and scattered into the jungle. Out hiking the Wonderland Trail in 2012, my trailmate and I had an encounter with a rather standoffish park ranger who questioned us to a severe degree. After answering her questions to her satisfaction, she relaxed and informed us that there was a killer on the mountain and they were trying to hunt this guy down. He'd already killed a park ranger and had taken food and supplies from other hikers. We had no idea this had been going on. The next few nights were sleepless. We never saw the guy, but we also have no idea if maybe he'd seen us. I was hiking alone once and on my way back after a peaceful and pleasant day when I just hit a wall. I wasn't tired. It was pure dread, like I was being watched and suddenly had a sense of not making progress, like my car, the trailhead, were no longer there. Also, started to feel like if I stopped, I would hear or see something that I wasn't supposed to. And the smell was just off. There is this certain smell in the northeast woods. Sometimes that smells like rotting a fermentation of plant matter. I won't say it's cattails, maybe, but I don't think that's it. It's really hard to describe, other than it's very distinct and sort of comes out of nowhere, especially in the summer and when the wood feel quiet. It's always made me afraid for some reason, which sounds stupid, but the smell just takes over everything and feels wrong, like the normal hay natural plants smell off because they are decomposing around a body. Every early morning woke up to a loud walking noise in the gravel outside my house. I looked towards the window and noticed that the sensor light turned on. I walked up to the window and I looked out and saw a large, shadowy figure walking across the road. It looked to be around six or seven feet in height. Later the next morning I heard branches falling. It was terrifying because as I heard the branches falling, I heard this high-pitched squeal that was very frightening. It also appeared as if there were more than one of these creatures. My sister and I were on our way to Calumath Falls. We were just on the west side of Oak Ridge on Highway 97, and all of a sudden two cars in front of us stopped, and this large, hairy thing over seven feet tall lumbered on hind legs across the highway from the north side to the south side. It was moving quite quickly and disappeared into the woods of the south side of the road. 
First and foremost, I have zero idea what this could be. We have a playful humanoid hanging around our family and copying the appearance of my brother and I. I have never seen it myself, but my family has seen it in places they know I and my brother cannot be in. Like in the basement when I was still sleeping upstairs. The one time I caught sight of it, I saw its silhouette in the kitchen, standing in front of the stove and framed by the light the clock on the stove was given off. It wasn't moving and I didn't acknowledge it when I noticed it. The strange detail was I could only see it in one of my eyes, the other one could see right through him. It moves things around and can't even slam doors. I witnessed it flipping a hat off a rack in my room and slamming the pantry door in the kitchen late at night. To my knowledge, it has never spoken, so I think it cannot copy our voices or just doesn't have a tongue. But I had woken up in the middle of the night to hear pained crying, had a dream of drowning, and woke up unable to breathe for a few moments as I heard my phone making the sound of water when there wasn't any apps playing music. When I go for walks at night, I can see it at the edges of my flashlight's range, always watching me. I'm pretty sure it's not a doppelganger or skinwalker, but I don't know. This all took place at and around my parents' house in Florissant, Missouri. Twenty fifteen. I was packing up camp in the Catalinas east of Tucson an hour or so. After dark and all of a sudden the sky lights up and about one-third of my field of view looking up was bright. It kind of seemed like there was a projectile at the center, but it was hard to tell what I was seeing. No cell service, so we weren't sure if Phoenix had been nuked or what else may have happened. It turned out to be a Titan. Missile launched from a submarine off the coast of California, and it was very lightly reported at the time, and none of the scant few videos I've found, even ones filmed from California, do justice to what I saw. We weren't full-on panicked about what it was, but it was very unsettling to see. As a child in Wyoming, Playing in a creek bed with my sisters and heard rustling in the bushes on the bank, directly across from us. We look up just as a baby moose pokes its head out. We were savvy enough to know Mom was nearby, and a breath later she, too, pokes her head out of the bushes. She was so big, leaning out of the bushes, her neck and head spanned the creek bed. I do not remember running for the car, but my mom says she turned around to see what the fuss was, and all four of us and our dogs were back in the truck. Wonderful experience. Mom, Moose, and Baby were beautiful, but the mother was also huge and terrifying. I think my heart stopped until we were back in the car. I went to Paradise on Mount Rainer and took a little bit of shrooms. I walked up to Panorama Point and just suddenly felt freezing cold, so I walked back down and made it back to my car. During the busy season overflow, parking for Paradise goes to the picnic area. I was not capable of driving for about another hour. I opened Netflix and was going to watch some Trailer Park Boys. There was a large family of about 40 Middle Eastern people having a picnic in front of my car, and the kids were running in between the cars and playing. They kept putting their fingers where the door ends and the driver's side glass starts and peeking into my car and giggling and running away. Needless to say, I had to get out of there. 
So I took my bag and walked to a quiet spot and set up the hammock and watched the sunset. Now I have one humanoid story that was relayed to be my best friend. To preface, I have, after much pressing, heard him relay other stories or legends he has heard from his family and basically describing crawlers. Without giving them the name, he and another mutual friend were on a hike deep into a camping spot called Jack's River Falls in North Georgia. Once there, they settled in for the night around a fire. They heard what they thought was a bear trudging on the outside of their camp. These guys are mountain folk and not easily spooked, but they didn't enjoy the vibe that was in the air. They then heard this same sound, but this time above them. They could hear whatever this large thing was jumping in the trees, this time all around them, staying in the top levels. Finally, a large branch broke off and fell right behind them. This was enough to grow the fire as large as they could and keep their pistols on their side. That's pretty much the end of the story, but they stayed up all night and got the F out of there as soon as day broke. I grew up in the 1980s and 1990s, born in 83. One day as a young kid, five years old, I was at my friend Josh's house. He lived two doors up which for me was as far as I could go on either side of my house at five years old. 1988. Luckily, all of my closest friends as a kid lived within that quadrant. Josh and I were in his basement, which was a finished basement that had a heather-slash-brown carpet, a nice large fireplace, and a big TV in the main room of the basement. We would often be down there in the morning, just before or after breakfast, as his mom would be watching me in the morning. We grew up around older kids, and I had two older brothers myself, so we often heard of freaky ghost stories, even at a young age, but nothing really similar to what we saw that day. What our childhood minds ultimately dubbed the blonde thing. We were playing with action figures and watching TV. I remember us laughing and playing, and we both noticed movement about ten feet away from us at the other side of the room. We were the only ones in the basement. His mom was right near the top of the stairs in the kitchen with his baby brother Nathan. We both just looked toward the motion to see a very short, about 3.5 feet tall, humanoid figure going around the corner down the short hallway to the back basement bedroom. She was bobbing her head from side to side as she rounded the corner. We saw her for maybe three seconds. I say she and her because what we saw of the figure was long, long, curly, light, blonde hair, almost white draped over shoulders and her back. The hair was so long that it was almost to the floor. She was bobbing slash, bouncing her head from shoulder to shoulder like a kid would be if she were skipping and playing. We both screamed and ran upstairs as fast as we could. I didn't see a face or clothes. All we really saw was the long hair draped over what was clearly a small human girl, shaped figure. We didn't know how to really describe how or what to call it, but Shirley talked about it, and we always referred to it as the blonde thing. Now, this happened in 1988. In 2018, I hadn't thought about the blonde thing since the last time I mentioned it, probably 15 years ago, and hadn't thought about it in as long. Josh sent me a friend request on Facebook after not having heard from each other since the mid-90s in middle school. He messaged me on Facebook, and when I opened it, it was the, hey, 
have you been dude kind of letter. But at the end, he wrote, remember the blonde thing. I felt like the adults in the movie IT must have felt like when they get the phone call where Mike tells them it's back. The memory just came flooding back. The crazy thing is we saw it one other time, outside, in the backyard of our neighbor Lotus house. No shit. Same thing. Literally saw a skipping, short, figured with the almost white hair down to the ground to go into the woodline. Behind the house. I attempted to do research to see if other people have ever sighted similar creatures or entities. The closest thing I could find is some old Germanic folklore about long, blonde-haired entities that looked like girls trying to steal babies from homes. Curious as to if anybody has seen something similar, thanks. My husband and I were walking the 3.2-mile loop trail that encircles Lost Lake. We were about two miles around when we heard a sound come from the other side of the lake, way off in the distance. It actually sounded as if it were coming from high up on the mountain on the other side of the lake. It was a howl-call sound. It was uh, extremely quiet, and since the birds and other sounds were so clear, we are very sure it was miles away. The sound started low and guttural and reached an amazingly high pitch. It was fairly short in duration, and my husband and I both stopped walking as soon as we heard it. We are wondering if anyone else heard it. We only passed two or three other people on the trail. It was a very quiet fall afternoon. After listening to your audio clips on this website, it sounded most like the sounds recorded in the Claymath area of California in 1993. It might also be of interest that one of the camper sightings in this area from around 94... 96 was at the exact time of day in the Lost Lake area. I was in the Mission Mountains in Montana hiking to a lake and not even a quarter mile in. I heard something in front of me. I looked up and saw the biggest brown ball I've seen. Lucky it was running away. You could hear this beast feet hitting the ground, thundering through the forest. I'm almost certain it could have been a grizzly because I saw a black bear in the area the day before and was no comparison to size. So, anyway, I carried on to Lucifer Lake, and on my way back, walking in the dark, there was another animal that I could not see but ran across the trail behind me and stopped under a tree I could hear it rustling around all aggressively, and stopped, and I could tell it was just staring at me in the dark. So I pulled the trusty point, 357 and bear spray out and got the F out of there. This was my first time to the lake and was by myself. We heard three loud whoops and a howl, almost like a dog, but different. None of our dogs barked, but were very still and quiet, which is unusual. The pattern repeated itself with variations for about two minutes. We thought it might be drunk graduates at first, but our friend who had left for a midnight four-wheel drive said no one was camped above us on the mountain. The next night all the others in camp heard loud screams, but I was dead asleep. There were five children and four adults in camp both nights. We looked in the meadow and along the creek that runs through our camp spot, but never found any signs. Then again, we did not know what to look for besides footprints. 
None of us have ever heard the noises before, and some of us have been in the woods camping frequently since childhood. We are all in our mid-thirties. We had all went to bed about two, three hours earlier after just talking around the campfire. We put all the kids to bed about 9.30 p.m. It was so loud it woke the kids up. It sounded very close. I am a park ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park. The vast chasm of the Grand Canyon, with its towering red rock formations and pristine beauty, is awe-inspiring to behold. But beneath the stunning exterior lies a dark and dangerous secret that has been hidden deep within the heart of the canyon for centuries. One evening, as I was patrolling the park, I heard a strange guttural noise coming from the heart of the deep woods. Curiosity peaked. I decided to investigate. But what I encountered was far from what I expected. As I ventured deeper into the woods, I came face to face with a dark, hulking figure. It was over seven feet tall, covered in fur, and its eyes glinted with a malevolent hunger. It was unlike any creature I had ever seen before. Before I could even reach for my radio, the creature attacked. I was outnumbered and outmatched, but I refused to give up. I fought with all my might, using every ounce of my strength and training. It was a struggle for survival, with the dark Bigfoot intent on taking me down. In the end, I was able to escape, but the experience left me shaken and haunted by what I had encountered. I soon realized that what I had encountered was far more than just a wild animal. It was a dark mystery, something beyond my understanding lurking in the heart of the Grand Canyon. And even now, as I look back on that fateful day, I can't help but shiver with a mix of fear and excitement. The beauty of the Ozarks never ceased to amaze me. As I stood on the edge of a cliff, overlooking the vast expanse of lush green forests and rugged terrain, I took a deep breath, savoring the crisp mountain air. The sun was just beginning to dip below the horizon, casting a warm golden glow across the landscape. It was moments like these that made me grateful to be a park ranger, entrusted with the responsibility of protecting this magnificent wilderness. As I continued my patrol, the tranquil silence was suddenly shattered by a blood-curdling scream coming through my radio. My heart raced as I instinctively grabbed the radio and tried to make contact with the source of the distress call. The static-filled response was barely audible, but I could make out that someone was in desperate need of help. I wasted no time jumping into my vehicle and speeding in the direction of the distress call. As I navigated the narrow dirt roads and treacherous terrain, I couldn't help but wonder what kind of danger awaited me. The Ozarks were home to many wild animals, but none that I could think of would elicit such a terrifying scream. As I arrived at the scene, I saw a hiker lying on the ground, covered in blood and trembling in fear. My eyes were immediately drawn to the monstrous creature standing over the injured hiker. It resembled a werewolf with razor-sharp claws and blood-stained fur. It snarled menacingly, but when it saw me, it suddenly stopped and bolted into the woods. Without thinking, I gave chase, fueled by adrenaline and a fierce determination to protect the people who visited these lands. The creature was incredibly fast, darting between trees and leaping over obstacles with ease. 
As I pursued it deeper into the forest, I began to question whether I was truly prepared to face such a formidable predator. Despite my best efforts, the creature eventually managed to evade me, disappearing into the dense undergrowth. I stood there panting and covered in sweat, the reality of what I had just witnessed finally sinking in. I had come face to face with an unknown predator, something that defied explanation and logic. I made my way back to the injured hiker, my mind racing with questions and uncertainty. I administered first aid and called for a medical evacuation, doing my best to reassure the terrified individual that help was on the way. As we waited for the helicopter to arrive, I couldn't help but feel a lingering sense of dread. The knowledge that something monstrous now roamed the Ozarks and the fear that I might not be able to protect those who ventured into the wilderness. In the end, I was left with a chilling reminder of the unknown dangers that lurked in the shadows of the Ozarks, and the knowledge that the tranquility of this majestic landscape had been shattered by the presence of a terrifying predator. And though I continued to patrol the park, I couldn't shake the feeling that somewhere, hidden in the depths of the forest, the creature was watching, waiting for its next opportunity to strike. While sighting in my son's rifle, we heard what sounded like large tree branches breaking. This was heard once by me and three or four times by my son. There was no one else around the area. As we were leaving, I saw some deer tracks alongside the road on a bank, and right by the deer tracks was an impression that looked like a big bare foot. I had my son put a pop can next to it and took several pictures of it. I can't say for sure it is a boyfriend print, but it looks a lot like the ones I have seen on this and other sites. So... A friend of mine and I spent an entire summer on a river in Tennessee. You go to the kayak rental place, rent a kayak, and you can spend your whole day going down this river if you don't paddle or anything and just let the current take you. Normally, we tried to make it back before sundown, but this time it kind of snuck up on us and the sun was beginning to set while we were out there. Both of us being pussies, we start paddling with everything we've got while it's getting darker when we spot this group of five, six little boys aged around 9-11, dressed in what we assume was like Boy Scout uniforms running along the riverbank. No adults in sight. We try calling to them. It's a wide river. We're on the opposite side, and they don't answer us. So we try steering our kayak a little closer, see if they're lost or something, and they look our way but don't reply. Once we got about five feet from the other bank, they bolt. All of them take off into the woods like something is chasing them. We hightail it the F out of there. Arrive back to the campground right as it's getting dark. Kids are nowhere. We ask around. Nobody's kids are unaccounted for. Nobody's seen these kids. Everybody thinks we're crazy. We noped right the F out of that place. My little brother joined the Boy Scouts a few months later realized that the uniforms those kids were wearing were older scout uniforms from like the 60s or 70s.